0: You're listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry
1: leaders. To learn more about the Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org
2: or check us out on Instagram at the Called Collective.
1: Welcome to the Coffee and Calling
2: podcast with Dan and Griff. Griffin, how are we doing this week? You know, blessed. Blessed to be here. Blessed to be alive. Blessed.
1: Not stressed because you can't
2: be stressed during these two weeks. No, not that at might, all. Not at all. I'm, a, I'm ahead of the game. Guys, We I already I, got my one of my papers written. Gr- Griffin might not have any finals to do during finals week. That's the plan. That's what I'm hoping for. It's impressive, to be honest. Maybe Monday. Maybe, Maybe. only Monday I'll have to finish up a paper. But you, sa- you sound like someone on New Year's Eve trying to start a diet. Maybe, Maybe a Monday. Working. Maybe. Maybe Monday I'll
1: start it. Good. Well, here we go. And now we're we're kind of closer. We're in a new, just to let everybody know, you won't see this one on video, but we're in a kind of a new room right now. And me and Griffin are a little bit more closer. So hopefully the high five goes a little bit better.
2: Oh man, I'm ready? not a good lefty fiver though. <laughs> lefty fiver. Here we go. Ready? That was pretty good. It's pretty good.
1: Let's do it one, one more time. That was the same thing. Yeah, was it
2: the same hand place. We man?
1: can't. We can't ruin the time. We got to keep going. So everybody, we today have a first on the Coffee and Calling podcast. We have a some duo. good a duo. We have some good friends of ours. We have. Two great guys here on campus, and so that you guys can kind of like hear their voices, we're going to actually have them introduce themselves and they're going to tell you about a little bit about themselves and where they're at at IWU right now. So, guys, could you introduce
3: yourself? Go ahead. Hey, guys, this is Hunter Conrad. Um, so I'm a freshman here at Indiana Wesley, and um, honestly, originally came here for nursing and somehow ended up in the uh, ministry program here at IWU um, with youth ministry. But I'm also on the first swim team, first men's swim team all here sweet. at IWU. And uh, I'm involved in Awaken and all of that leadership. And mm-hmm. so um, this first semester, it's been really busy for me, but it's it's been really worth it. Nice. You can go ahead, Micah. All
0: right. Yeah, um, <laughs> just I'm <just> Micah Cohorn, <laughs> also a freshman. Uh yeah, me and Hunter are roommates. Uh go back to high school a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so freshman, also youth ministry major. And to be honest, I'm not I'm not super involved in any of the like awakening stuff, but that's something I'm working through now and I'm waiting until God puts something in front of me Come that on. I really feel passion for. Um just trying to be patient with that. I know at some point I'll be able to get involved and you know, this could be part of it. Growing our podcast. Getting to know you guys. Yeah. Uh, For sure. Yeah. That's a ministry. Um, If it makes you
2: feel any better, I wasn't involved in anything in undergrad. It's not a requirement, no matter how many people seem to make it seem like it is. I mean, it's a good thing if you want to, if you have time, but like right now our number one priorities in our worship of God is being students. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the way it was explained to me. Um, So until you find that thing, you know, that you're passionate about and that you want to be involved in. Just give your all in your studies, you know, and yeah. don't let anybody discourage you because you're not involved in something. It's not a yeah. big
0: deal. Yeah. There was a lot of pressure, especially earlier in the year. You know, I see like other freshmen and getting involved in worship, you know, mm-hmm. like going and talking at the well, going and talking at Awakening and stuff like that. And I'm like, like, why don't I have a passion to get in any mm-hmm. of these things? Mm-hmm. But like, then I went through a period where I was like, I'm just going to be content in my moment and I'm not going to try to force. Yep force something upon myself. I'm just going to wait until I really feel a calling to some sort of ministry. So mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Hey, Jesus took 30 years to start his, so <laughs> you can wait four years before you get going on yours too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And realize that like what you have to, a lot of people,
1: one of the biggest things that say pastors are, are servant leaders. You got to realize what it means to be a servant before you can be a servant leader. Um, like start volunteering for things. But a lot of people think like, what that means is that if you're not involved, like one of our professors, Charlie preaches this about a lot about being involved in ministries and everything. And that doesn't mean leading one. No. That doesn't mean being on the stage, just showing up, being a greeter, Yeah, showing up, putting some chairs together. Um, I remember the first event that when I was a freshman that Charlie had us do me and my buddy Grant, literally we got to go to this conference and we just like tied wire and we Put up production equipment and that was our job for the week. We were just kind of helping hands. That's all we were. Um, and that is it's really good. And it's very helpful to understand that as you're in this like freshman year, being that true student, being just that true servant and seeing like what are the things I want to be a part of and everything. It's important. And you don't have to feel that pressure of like, dude, like. You don't got to lead. You don't got (laughs) to run something right now. You can like just watch and observe. And man, those, I think if we do that for the rest of our lives in some type of way, we'll, we'll never forget what it means to be a servant. So Mm -hmm. important lessons. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So one thing that is special about you guys is that this is actually a collaboration, uh, episode because you guys also are doing something really cool on campus right now and something in your personal time that you're doing would you guys like to explain
3: that yeah so um, me and Micah back in February we started a podcast it's called the redemption podcast and lately it's been shaping into something that is basically um, people just coming up on our podcast telling Mm -hmm. telling the world how uh, God has brought redemption into their life Mm -hmm. and um, honestly I just like the start of me and Micah's friendship, um, where I was then into like who we are now, like we've seen so much growth just in it started in just conversations at a coffee shop in our town. Come on. And then from then it it warped into like this podcast, and then people I just looked at like Anchor just a few days ago, and there's eleven different countries listening to our podcast. Oh, that's, so sweet. that's insane.
1: <laughs> that is yeah.
2: Tyler told us a cool stat yesterday. Did he tell you that? Yeah. Um, To be in the top 50% of all podcasts in the world, you need, I think, a weekly recurrent listener base of 29 people. To be in the top 25%, you need like 80. Yep,
1: 88.
2: 88, and it'll put you in the top 25% in the world. That's how many
1: podcasts Mm. there are
2: out there. But there's 100,000 podcasts currently circulating and are active. But that's just a little cool tidbit since we're both, we're all podcasting.
3: So <laughs> I think crazy. we're in the top 50 now. You've yeah, be. we are. Praise God.
2: Praise the Lord. I Goodness. I think we are.
3: I, I have no idea. where. We're at. <laughs> I don't know
2: where Tyler finds the, uh, the metadata, but <laughs> the metadata that is, dude,
1: yeah. that's, it, it is pretty insane and everything. And just like Griffin said, praise the Lord. And thank you for everybody that's listening right yeah, now. Absolutely. You know, you guys are awesome and we appreciate that, that you would take time out of your week. Um, to listen to this um but also like I we pray as you continue on that you listen and you just get to
2: listen to some cool stories like we never want to forget that yeah is that yeah You experience life change mm-hmm. I think it's cool that we got you guys on because I think our podcast kind of go hand in hand almost how God you know is redeeming um, individual people in their daily lives it's like you know testimony but then how is God calling specific people to serve him you know in yeah. a uh vocational ministry um, Mm -hmm. position, but um, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your calls to ministry? Hunter, um, I know you said that you came originally as a nursing major, so wait, I, I what, are you, what are you doing, Griffin? What do you mean? You forgot about the first. Oh, question. I forgot the
1: the it's question. This guy, I swear, like I mean, he's just he just he just wants to get to the spiritual stuff. I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Excuse my monk and friend. Oh, I was filled so- with the spirit on the way here. I couldn't wait. I couldn't <laughs> wait to get into it. I was filled with the spirit. Is. So we're gonna put a pin in that for one second and hold, and hold. Um, the the first question that we're going to go into before going into that is I see both of you guys have cups of coffee right next to you. Yeah. And my question for you guys is if you were to have a cup of coffee with one person in the Bible, other than Jesus,
3: Mm. who would it be? And why?
0: Hmm. You know? No, I got to think about it for a sec.
3: I've like, I have two that come to mind, but I'm almost leaning towards one now. Um, I think his name is Azariah. You know who that is? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, most people know him as Abindigo. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I just think it's so cool that, like, I don't know. Um, A lot of my testimony comes from, like, that story. Mm-hmm. Like, being in the fire yeah. and knowing that he's in the fire with us. Like, how cool would it be to sit down and talk to somebody who who saw someone else in the fire with them <laughs> And weren't burnt at all. They yeah. were fine. <laughs> That's the crazy <greatest.
2: laughs> They're like, well, this is it. I'm going to be with God. And they get in. What the? And they're like, there was
0: three of us in here at first. Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. Well, good, good. That's uh, insane. You know, I'm thinking Paul. Just because he's such a big character in the Bible, obviously. Yeah. Um, seems like a cool guy, but Feel like he's got like so much wisdom. Mm-hmm. He's got all those books in the New Testament and stuff. And I don't know. That's just the name that came to mind. I just feel like sitting down with him, he would just be like pouring just nonstop <laughs> great information <laughs> bombs into <laughs> me, like overwhelming. It would it be too good. I'd need more than one more than one coffee. Yeah, you probably need a couple him. pots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is.
1: Could you imagine like saying like I don't know if I agree with you on that, Paul. Hawk "What? Mm. I'm sorry, but you did you write the inspired word? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe,
0: maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. day.
2: Drinking coffee. Day. coffee. <laughs> I hope there's coffee in heaven. There's got to be.
0: It's probably soldiers, it's, right? It's,
3: yes, it is. Amen. <laughs> 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 Amen. There's no way. There's
2: no way. It's probably that uh that coffee. Like this is like the gourmetest of gourmet. I saw this on a GQ video." <laughs> It was uh, 2 chains, most expensivest, and then it was a swear word. Mm. Um, But it was this coffee that's eaten by these jungle cats in, like, Guatemala or something. And they poop it out. Like, it goes through, like, the digestive process. And they poop it out. And then people come by and, like, collect this cat poop with coffee in it and, like, wash it. And this stuff sells for, like... Hundreds, if racks. not thousands of oh. dollars a pound. Mm. I don't know why. There's I'm no like, way. I can just feed my own cat some coffee and scoop it out of its poop if I really wanted that. I'm not going to even know, try I, that. I don't know
1: if that's how that works, Griffin. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> yeah, mm. I mean, that's honestly both of, your, yeah, both of your answers were like really cool. I think the one thing is like they are kind of some slept on guys in the Bible. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Yeah. I mean, all those guys, I mean, pff, could you just imagine, like, we, we talk about today, like, we talk about the persecuted church, and we talk about in the New Testament, like, guys like Paul that were just beaten up for their faith. Yeah, But these homies literally, like, stood up when everybody was bowing down as, like, a statement of, like, we're not going to bow down to you, but our God. And then the punishment, which, let's just talk about that in that time. that you in the furnace. Toss you in the furnace. And the furnace was so hot that when soldiers went to go oh, yeah. look, they, they died. died. <laughs> like right. they got, they got set on fire. Like that's a part of the story <laughs> that nobody like literally when the soldiers went
2: to go look, they died trying to like do it. And yeah. it's, it's an it's insane like Star thing. Wars. Like yeah. when Anakin is like, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen episode oh three, my gosh, when he's laying next to the, uh, after, you know, he gets dismembered and he's laying like, you know, six feet away from like that lava and he catches on fire. Like, that's yeah, yeah. what I think of. Like, Oh, they toss them in it's just I hate you yeah,
0: they they leave that out of Veggie tails. have you seen the Veggie tails version Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego uh-huh. okay yeah classic. I was gonna say
2: they should have just had them roasted you know like, like grill marks <laughs> all on these them. vegetables just <laughs> yeah baked potato that's what they thought they was gonna be it was baked potatoes
1: Dude, that is insane.
2: should yes. we hop back into
1: now let's take the pin out pin out
2: and there you go okay <laughs> Now you guys tell us a little bit about your calls to ministry and then how that led. Well, I mean, for you, the podcast started before your call to ministry seems like, right? Yeah. So I guess just take us on that little, on the journey of how you got from, you know, what you wanted to be when you grew up and then how God was like, nope, I got something else planned for you.
0: Okay. Um, I can go. Okay. Yeah. So I guess sort of like a testimony for myself. So, I was born, like, in a Christian home. You know, my dad's been in ministry his whole life. He was a youth pastor most of his ministry. Um, but now he's a discipleship pastor back home. But obviously, as a little kid, you know, I looked up to him. I was like, my dad's so cool. I was a little kid who got to tag along on all the youth trips to, like, Chicago or whatever, wherever they were going. And, like, I looked up to those older boys. You know, just, like, youth ministry seemed so cool to me because that's what my dad did. Um, but then I remember... Uh, getting to a point in high school where i I wouldn't call it rebellion because i i mean i was not rebelling against my dad but like something in me wanted to go out of the status quo of just following in my dad's footsteps and i wanted to find something else so i went through like a period where i was i wanted to be a barber and own my own barbershop at one point uh which is a weird phase <laughs> i you know I, Throughout middle school and high school, you know, at one point I wanted to be a professional basketball player. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. but you know, my five eleven and a half self wouldn't really do well in that industry. Um, then I wanted to be a professional golfer, and you realize how much work that takes Ooh. and how I am nowhere near close enough.
2: A lot of cheddar.
1: Yeah. What a switcher! Yeah. Co- yeah, he went from wanting to be Kobe Bryant to Tiger Woods. Hey,
2: <laughs> yeah. MJ, MJ loves bat- MJ loves golf. Oh, every, yeah.
0: every, every great. Great basketball player. Also plays golf. Steph
2: Curry plays a lot of golf. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Shaquille know, Charles Jack. Barkley, you know.
2: So why LeBron doesn't play golf.
0: Mm. Trash. Trash. You got to be good to play golf. You know? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that happened. And then, I don't know, somewhere in my junior year, I came back around. Just, I don't even know when. I just came back around to, like, I think it was, like, decision time, you know. I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? And the only thing that I had the slightest passion for at that time was youth ministry still. And I even remember when I was going through my phase, my dad like told me, he's like, he's like, you do what you want, but I still feel like you're going to be a youth pastor. And I was like, okay, okay. You can think what you want, but you know, I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was right. You know, I'm back in youth ministry and, um, I really like it. You know, I'm loving it. Um, uh, you know, there'll be periods where I'm like, what if this isn't what I'm doing or there'll be worries. But an- another thing I want to touch on was I think part of the reason I wanted to do something other than youth ministry was money. And mm. then I was convicted and it was like, Bible says money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. You know, money shouldn't be my main worries. God's going to give me what I need in this ministry. Uh, so once I came to that realization, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue youth ministry. I believe this is where God wants me and here I am now, uh, just currently living it out. Is, uh,
2: like taking youth ministry classes. Is that how you, is it going how you
0: expected it to be in high school or is it different? Um, you know, I think I expected a lot more reading Mm. that could also be on me. I'm not a very good reader, Mm. uh, I don't even know what I expected, to be honest. It's, I don't know what I expected. Mm-hmm. I just know it's real good. It's not It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to remind myself that I'm doing this for God, yeah. not just for academics, Yeah, which is the toughest part.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's, because um, I think a lot of our listeners will wrestle with that and everything. Can you just elaborate that, what you just said right there about um, when it gets hard and it gets busy? Remembering why you're doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't want reading the Bible, uh, reading these really good Christian books to feel like homework. Yeah. Because I mean, like, like you said earlier, we're taking care of, we're taking care of people's souls basically. So I remind myself that if I'm not, if I'm doing the work out of selfish ambition or if I'm doing it strictly for academics and not actually like applying it to my life, then it's not just me who I'm affecting, but it's affecting people who I could be ministering to and, you know, uh, be a light to. Mm -hmm. So I I remind myself that, like, this is not just for me. This is for God's kingdom. So I need to constantly, you know, deny my desire to be lazy and just do the bare minimum and just, like, really take everything that I'm being offered here that I'm paying the money for and using it for more than just, you know, a little bit of knowledge. Yeah. You won't get what you're getting now. You guys, you
2: won't get this experience with your classes, with your classmates being surrounded by people your age who are studying ministry. Like it's their full-time job right now to study the, to study the Bible, to do their homework, to learn how to better serve people. You won't be in an environment like this ever again. Um, I know once I got to like my junior year, I was ready to be done. I was like, I'm so tired of this. And as I mentioned earlier before we started recording, like getting to master's and doing this now, I'm like, this is so good Mm -hmm. Um, because you're in a take advantage of where you are now at a Christian university Mm -hmm. with professors who are not only experts in their field, but who are also pastors. So they have that super you know, big head knowledge, but also practical knowledge, but they care about you guys so much. Like they care about all their students. I think that's one thing about Indiana Wesleyan that I love is that when I came, when I was looking at colleges in high school, I didn't expect professors to be willing to go and get coffee with me or like to get Chick-fil-A with me and eat lunch with me and just talk about like my life and how I'm doing, take advantage of those opportunities, schedule sit downs with your professors. Like it's so beneficial just to sit at their feet and learn from them. Um, and ask them whatever question you want to ask, whether you think it's heresy or not ask it and they'll correct you. And they'll see you down the right path because that's what they're passionate about is equipping the next generation of like ministry leaders. Um, and you know, that's what we're doing here. That's what we're hoping mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my encouragement, um, and see what you're doing now as a form of your ministry. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is, uh, I was listening to, to, to. Dr. Morgan's, mm-hmm. um, he was on Tyler's episode of uh, Deep Grace. It's another mm-hmm. podcast on the Cold Collective Podcast Network, guys. Go and check it out. Super beneficial. It'll mm-hmm. grow you a ton. Um, but Dr. Morgan had a, he, he said a quote from from John Wesley. He said, if I only had 10 years to do ministry, he said he would spend the first five years um, learning and preparing. So that's how important like getting this education is. So take advantage of that. Um, and a little bit biased here, but any, anybody's listening, any seniors in high school, you're looking for a place to go study ministry. Hey, look into Indiana Wesleyan. It's <laughs> hey, the best there cats. is. It's the best there is.
1: Yeah. Is. yeah. I just firm. Everything both you guys said just really truly is that if we can't sit there and the nights when it's at 2 a.m., You're doing an assignment. You're like, ah, why am I doing this? Why can't I just go preach? You know, why Mm -hmm. can't I just, in the words of my friend Grant Armstrong, it's going to matter to a student one day that you're studying what you're studying. Daniel, it's going to matter to you that what you're studying is what you're studying. And anybody, whatever calling you have, and you wonder why do we do Bible studies? Why do we do all this stuff? If you want to see God more in your life, If you want to know him deeper, if you want to be able to share the mysteries of the gospel with other people, even within the busiest, it matters. And if, in the words of Charlie, if it matters to Jesus, then it matters to me.
3: Mm -hmm. So, um, Hunter, what about you? My story is definitely... Uh, different. I'm very blessed to have uh, Micah as my roommate and my best friend. And uh, just this past year, I've grown a lot in my knowledge of Christ. But um, it started out like my, uh, my family is um, not like, I'm not in a Christian home. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was three. I um. I don't like. I don't know. I don't mean to be like all sappy and stuff, and tell you like all the awful things in my life because there is so much good that's come out of it. Um, anyways, but that's where it started. I went to. Um, I went to a few different. Like uh, I knew about God growing up, but it wasn't like I really uh, knew Him. I always described it as like, um, it's like a neighbor. I know the car that they drive. I know like I know what their house looks like. I know what it looks like. But it's not really until I go up to the door and knock on the door to I really get to know my neighbor. Mm-hmm. So it's like I just have to I'm learning more that my relationship with God is just about knowing him. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not about what I'm doing. Like, I'm doing so much right now, and I get really overwhelmed sometimes. But it's, it's not as much about what I'm doing than who I'm doing it for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really with, like, my call to ministry, it's always been I've been focusing um, why I'm called, you know, mm-hmm. rather than who called me. Mm-hmm. Knowing that he called me and who he is and learning to see Christ in me has really been something that has carried me through my life. Um, But about a year ago, in like August, I met Micah, and I was at a place in my life where, I don't know, I lost a lot of friends in high school because I started to pursue the Lord. And it was like I was in that popular group in high school. So all the football guys, all that stuff, and then just leaving that, all those friends and I remember they told me they said uh we're all Christians but we don't tell the whole world about it it's like it lit a fire within me I'm like You're I'm like, fixing oh. I am fixing to tell the whole world you know and um I don't know that's where it started and me and Micah started getting coffee at this place in Crawfordsville it's called
2: oh you guys are from Crawfordsville yeah, yeah.
3: sorry I'm from Frankfurt. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you have a for high school? Yes, I did. Go hot dogs. Go hot dogs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, you're <laughs> fine. Yeah, so uh, there's this place called Joshua Cup, and it's downtown, Ooh. and it's basically a Christian coffee shop. And I don't know, that's where, that's where kind of I felt a lot of growth. But originally, like, my testimony in Christ, I've only been a Christian for two years. So it started mainly with my girlfriend and her dragging me to church. I kind of just was like, oh, I just want to be, I just want to have a girlfriend. So I'll (laughs) I'll just go to church. Yeah, Yeah, I'll go to church. I'll be a Christian. And, uh, little did I know this JC guy, he's, he's actually real. And like, he changed my life. So then, then I meet this guy and then I just start, man, it's been, it's been a journey. And we talked about, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the night that I gave my life to Christ was at a Hillsong United concert. Mm. They were playing the song "Another in the Fire," and then they asked, "They're like, does anybody want to give their uh, lives to Christ?" And me and my mom, she's standing right next to me, and we both give our lives to Christ. Wow! And man, it's been like it's been really difficult these past two years but it's been some of the best years of my life.
2: Yeah. Amen. That's so cool. You and your mom at the same time. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, earlier you said you didn't want to, you know, get in on the sappy stuff, but I, I mean, I'm sure you know this, but like that sappy stuff, like that's the fire that Jesus was standing there with you in, you know? And I don't, I, I think it's a good thing to tell people about that, you know, cause that's a part of your call. Um, That's part of like, whether you knew it or not, like what God was using to form you and like that experience that you had, whether it's good or bad, those are things you're going to be able to use in your future ministry. You run into it, you know, you have a student who might've gone through, you know, parents divorced it, you know, single digits. Like that's what it was for me. My parents divorced when I was five. Um, and you're able to relate to a student in that kind of a situation so much more than someone who has no clue what it's like to live with single parents or to bounce back and forth from moms to dads on holidays. Like some people don't know what that's like, but you'll be able to, you know, relate and minister to that kid so much better than, than you would if you didn't have that experience. So um, don't be afraid of those sad parts because I think that's, you know, that's a part of your testimony too. don't let, don't dwell on it though. I will say, um, don't make that the centerpiece of your testimony. Like the centerpiece is always Christ and it's always that transformation that's that he's done, um, in our lives. So sorry, that's my two cents.
3: (laughs) So two years ago, you get saved. Yeah. Two years ago, right. It was, it was on a, so Charlie, he does this thing where it's like, He has, like, this little song that he does. And he's, like, clapping his hands. And then they say, like, the day that you're saved. And it it made me start thinking, like, when was that concert? And so, I actually have it. I have it in my wallet.
1: Oh, that's sick. You have the
3: ticket? No, not the ticket. This is a picture from that night. It's, like, saved on on Monday. Monday. That's cool. Yo,
2: that's fire. Were they giving those out there?
3: Oh, no, no. I just, I took a picture and I made it a Polaroid. That's cool. You
2: have like an Instax printer.
3: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. want one. I need to get. It. I don't <laughs> tell. <laughs> don't
2: tell the wife. I want to get her one of those for Christmas.
1: You better not send her this episode then. Oh, <laughs> I
2: forgot she listens. <laughs> we'll just edit it out. <laughs> Tyler, um, that
1: is so. For you, I would. I kind of want to ask. As for you, so you got saved with your with your mom. Like, how has that affected your relationship with your mom?
3: Oh, like we, like I see, like I've seen her like transform. Mm. It's like been crazy because like, I don't know, we're in. Um, so my stepdad, he's not a believer, but the her relationship with him is totally different from when uh, before. Like she, uh, I'm, I just look up to her so much now. From where, like, I was growing up, like, going back and forth and seeing, like, just the different things that's happened to her in her life and her just, like, still, like, pursuing the Lord now. Come on. How has it affected your relationship with your dad? Um, with my dad right now, um, honestly, I've talked about this with Micah. We're honestly really not as close as I want to be with him. Mm -hmm. Um. I think some people tend to relate like their uh, relationship with their earthly father with their heavenly father mm-hmm. and then there's like that broken connection but I'm learning more and more that it's just about I don't know it's about uh listening and being in, intentional to take action
1: mm-hmm.
3: like um sometimes I can have like this selfish ambition to where like I just want to wait until he reaches out to me you know mm-hmm. I just want to be loved like that, you know? But yeah. honestly, uh, like Jesus, when he walked in the door and nobody took the initiative to wash people's feet, but he took that first step and he went around knowing that he's going to die and washed everyone's feet.
2: Yeah.
3: Like, if I can't take the initiative to text my dad, tell him that I miss him, that I love him, and that I want to hang out with him, I want to go fishing with you. I want to... I want to go on a bike ride with you, like, then what am I really doing? It's just, it's just like pride. It's just like selfishness. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That's the call. You know, that's what, that's what Christ did on the cross reconciling that relationship from us with our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And then in turn, like, that's what our call is here on this earth is to you know love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but also to like, love your neighbor as yourself. And sometimes your neighbor might be your dad, even though it feels like a weird situation, like reconciliation, that's what we're here to do as the church is to reconcile relationships and, and fix broken people and make broken things look brand new through the power of the gospel and there. And you know, in our lives, um, and you both, in both your testimonies, like that's, you both showed so much wisdom. Um, and that's really encouraging because I, I don't think I was that wise as a freshman, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, lean into that. Um, Yeah, You know, with whoever you run into, always be willing to take that first step because you never know if they ever will. You know, if they don't know Christ, what's their motivation to? If they're not Christians, why? Like, why would they? Mm -hmm. And, you know, as Christians, like be that reconciling force in the world for good. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what it's about is reconciliation, fixing relationship and bringing other people into that relationship that we are now involved in with God that loving relationship. You know, we have adoption as sons. That's baffling to me. Sometimes I think about that blows my mind. Um, that we are co-heirs with Christ and have been adopted as sons to God, the father. What, what, you know, and fulfilling that original plan for us to be, you know, co-sovereigns with God and ruling over creation. Like that's what the goal is working back towards that and co- us co-ruling with God means we look like Jesus. So show the world Jesus. And that's for everybody listening, not just like you too. Like, if, you know, if you're a Christian, you're unsure, um, you know, what am I going to do if I go into ministry? Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're conforming to the image of Christ and you're, you're molding the world around you into an image of God's kingdom. That's what ministry is. It's reaching out and taking broken people showing them how you got fixed because we're all broken and then leading them down on a path of reconciliation to God, redemption, transformation, renewal of their minds so that they look more and more like Jesus every day.
1: As you guys were like talking, I just thought of like Matthew 5, 43 through 48, which is, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And enemy is such a, a, a big word. But I love what you said about how Jesus washed the disciples' feet to the men that would abandon him. Wash, Wash the forward. feet even the one oh, who was him. going to betray him. Even the one that was going to betray him. And to love your enemy because not even don't even the tax collectors just love those who love them. And what that is pretty much meaning, don't don't just regular people love people just because they do good things for them. But Jesus has this way of flipping things upside down and saying you should love your enemies just as much as you love those who love you. Um, And that's a powerful, that's so powerful. And yeah. I love what you, I, as you were saying that, there's just, there's so much power in what you just said, Hunter. And I think, People need to hear that about almost laying ourselves down, not being self-seeking to go out and love people
3: that in the way of Christ, even your own father. Um, So, yeah. Me and Micah were talking about last night, God's word, it never returns void. Mm -hmm. And like whatever you're doing or saying, like saying to people and you're loving on people, it's never going to return void. And then this guy, he uh, told his testimony at the well last night about a friend who was uh, pouring into him and just really loving on him. And then that brought like a, so much growth. And basically, he became a Christian because of that friend. And honestly, that's what I've always seen in Micah as someone who's just been pouring into me and someone who's been discipling me. Um well, most of the time he probably thinks that I disciple him, but I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he definitely pours into me so
0: many times. Oh yeah. Um, I remember we had a conversation once and he was telling me about how he felt like he was seeing so much growth by talking to me. And I was just like, Dude, the whole time at the coffee shop, you know, I'm thinking, man, this guy's so, this guy loves Jesus more than me. Like. Like he's pouring into me, and, like, just to hear that, like, I was making a difference in his life, and that we're, like, um, um, it was good to hear, not in a prideful way, but it's, like, I was blind to see that, like, well, I thought he was the one pouring into me. I mean, we were pouring into each other without even knowing it, you know, just by sitting there and talking. I would, um,
1: and you both could answer this in some sort of way, um, After experiencing what you guys have experienced in your friendship, what would you say is the value of true um, brotherhood in a sense? And for anybody listening, I'm also referring to that in sisterhood also. What would you guys say is the value of true brotherhood as you walk together in this this faith?
3: Dan, you told us the other day when we we met up and got coffee. The analogy about like the bowl and transparency and, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's being able to uh, be vulnerable with Micah and know that he has my back and my best interests. Mm -hmm. Like um, if something's going on and I can just go to him and talk to him about it. Like he's going to point me to Christ. He's like, this is what he like. This is what the word says. And, here's what we should do. But honestly, just having a person to talk to, but also knowing that I can always talk to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I can go to the Lord first and then be like, what do you think about this, Micah? You know? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think uh, love is the biggest part. Just knowing that Hunter loves me, cares about me. I can be completely myself with him, completely vulnerable. He's not going to judge me. You know, he, You know, he's going to take what I say. And that comes down to sometimes we have to hear the hard truth. You know, sometimes he has to tell me, hey, I think you're wrong here. I think you need some growth here. And sometimes I have to tell him that And being able to do that out of love, know that it's coming out of love so we can both grow in our faith is honestly the most valuable thing to me is I want somebody who's going to challenge me in my faith. And Hunter offers that for me. Um, out of a point of love and I don't know that's just so valuable
2: yeah what came to mind for me when uh, you guys were talking about this Romans 1 11 and 12 for I long to see you that I may impart to so I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you that is that way we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith both yours and mine and that's part of like the church that's part of your like your roles as you know brothers in Christ is to mutually encourage each other and you know, Paul's talking to the Romans here. He's like, so that I may be encouraged by your faith. Like that's kind of hard for me to, you know, think, you know, we were just we were talking about Paul earlier. You need a couple of pots of coffee to talk to that guy, him yeah. being encouraged by like our faith. That's, that's, um, mm-hmm. it's encouraging, but at the same time, it should, it should keep us humble that like, yeah. even if Paul can be encouraged by, you know, the faith of his, of his church, um, then we shouldn't be afraid to be mutually encouraged by each other either, you know? Mm-hmm. And, just as Paul wants to be encouraged by them, he tears into them a little bit, you know, in Romans. And he does that with all of his churches. Mm-hmm. He always greets them, encourages them um, almost every single time. And then he dives into here's what you need to be better at. Yeah. yeah. You know? So keep keep that pattern. Um, mm-hmm. encourage each other. What are you doing well? And then in a spirit of love, just as you were saying, here's where I think, you know, I disagree with you here. We need growth here.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then don't be afraid to say, what do you think about this? Because I need growth in this part too.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Those are some of the best conversations I've had with my friends is just like 12 AM talking about theology, disagreeing with each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> is. Um, yeah. That makes me think about like the woman, the adulterous woman mm-hmm. who the people were going to throw the rocks at her, you know, and Jesus came and told them he who has not sinned can throw the first rock. Um, and about that, I listened to this podcast uh, and it was saying, like, Jesus came first with grace. Like, he doesn't think that there's, like, he believes the fact that Jesus came with grace and said, your sins are forgiven, you know, but then he also backed that up with truth. He said, go and sin no more. Yeah, yep. exactly right. And we think that Jesus first comes with grace. He says, your sins are forgiven to all of us, but he doesn't leave it at that. He encourages us to go and sin no more. Um, so I think about that a lot what I want to receive in my life, what I want to be dishing out to fellow Christians as well. Mm-hmm. I, um, I just preached on
1: that passage actually yeah. this last Sunday and oh, man, this is, I listened to this in a upper room, like released like this little snippet of like these waves crashing. And then one of the lead singers, Abby was just praying and she just sat there and she goes, Jesus has no stones to throw and there's no stones to throw. And I think of so often, like I was preaching on the presence of God and how we're like, man, Jesus knows everything about me and even other people like that's Sometimes the biggest fear is that we go into these conversations and people are just going to, that's why we want to be transparent because I don't want
2: I don't want them to know who I really am. I don't
1: want to put the stone in your hand to throw at me, to just throw that in your face. And I do think people still throw stones Mm -hmm. at times. Um, But this image of this woman caught in, imagine like your sin, just like in the worst sin that you could probably think of being caught in or the least thing that you want people to catch you in. And then a group of people take you out of that throw you into the, imagine if they were in Iwo that we have the student center. Imagine being thrown into the commons, everybody surrounding it. And then there's pretty much saying, all right, everybody, pick up your textbooks and throw them at this person for their sin. Like get one of them nursing books right to the head. That would hurt. That would hurt. But then Jesus comes and says, whoa, whoa. You know, what's so powerful about that is when Jesus is standing there It says, man, this is so cool. It says literally in the text, every single person walked away until Jesus was the only one that left. Jesus being the only one that could actually throw a stone. Like you who has not sinned, be the first one to throw a stone. And literally like Jesus is the only one there that has not sinned. And he's the only one by that preference that could throw it. But he says, no, because that's not what the right thing to do here is. And he picks up this woman and just says, "Go and a different it, like uh, interpretation is like go and leave your sinful life." Um, so I just, yeah, I really like that is so powerful of what it means to like approach somebody and literally be like, "Guys, when we come into friendship, if we're really like Christ, then we should have no stones to throw, just like Jesus." And anybody listening that may be wrestling with a relationship with God, uh, Jesus has no stones to throw. Um, He has grace to give, but also a challenge. And like we do too, as friends, a challenge to give to say, we love you so much, we're gonna push you to get out of this because we know it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And that is real relationship when honestly, I would put my friendship on the line before I allow one of my, before I affirm one of my friends sinful lifestyle. Um, Amen. And that you might, you might lose friends because you might call them out on some stuff, even in the most loving way. People don't want to
2: hear it. But if we,
1: but if we don't do that, then we're actually just self-seeking. Dave Smith just kind of was talking to me about this is that because you're scared of losing that friend is it's hard. And we, show empathy It's selfish, um, and, but eternally it's like, we have to be willing to take that step forward. And I think what you guys is do is beautiful because you guys are willing to like, I love Hunter or I love Micah so much that if he's mad at me for calling him out on something, I'd rather him be mad at me than affirm him and then him live a lifestyle that is not outside of Christ.
2: And like, another thing too is, is not being afraid to, you know, lovingly call out, Some things you don't agree with, even if they do cut you off in like in friendship, which I don't think you two would ever do that to each other. Just from what I've seen today, Mm -hmm. depends on, (laughs) depends on the call out. Like, even if they cut you out of their life, like that seed you planted might still be, might be in their head for years and years to come. and Mm -hmm. might be one of the key reasons that they one day come to Christ, whether it's through you or through somebody else. Like that's not the point. You know, you rejoice in someone coming to Christ, whether you're the source of it or at No, no, no one's ever the source of it, but whether you were the, hmm, what do you think, Dan, tool, whether the you vessel. were the avenue, the vessel, the vessel, the vessel by which the spirit comes to them, Yeah, whether you were that vessel or not, rejoice in the fact that, um, someone else has come to God's kingdom that I was listening to, uh, you, you ever heard of the Hallow app? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was doing a Lectio Divina on my way to school today. And, um, it was a passage in Matthew. They didn't say actually. So Mm -hmm. either that or I missed it, but, uh, you know, it was about the, the shepherd leaving the 99 for the one. Mm -hmm. Um, and the father, father does not will that one of these little ones be lost. You know, uh, rejoices over that one coming back to the fold more so than, than the 99 remaining safe. Um, being willing to put yourself out in danger, like that shepherd did to go and get that l- that last sheep that, sheep. that little sheep. Did I say something funny? No, no. no I was like, <laughs> did I stutter? Um, like that's the call is it, it, like danger, you know, going out into danger and danger doesn't mean always putting yourself physically into harm's way, but putting your relationships on harm's way for the truth of the gospel. And you, do, you did that hunter with your friends. You lost friends because you wanted to live a true life for Christ. Um,
3: Actually, I want to tell you a story about yeah, one of my friends. Go for it. So um, his name's Hayden. He's my best friend, and growing up, uh, anyways, he was a part of that friend group that I I left in high school after really pursuing the Lord. And I always felt like, like I was just so angry at them at first, and I felt the Lord really tell me that I was supposed to love them. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't supposed to be angry at them. And uh, over the summer, uh, I was talking with Micah. I was like, so Hayden's trying to, like, hang out with me again. And he's trying to, like, meet up with me and go get lunch and stuff. And I was like, I don't I don't know if I should do this, bro. Like, this just doesn't feel right. And he's like, go ahead. Like, go ahead and do it anyways. And honestly, it's one, one blessing that I've really cared with me this whole semester. Um, but... Anyways, um, the Lord told me to love Hayden and not be angry with him um, mm-hmm. for just leaving me and ditching me. But So I would text him. I would be like, "I'm like, hey, um, I'm praying for you mm-hmm. this week. Um, I really care about you. I miss you. Uh, weeks would not get a response, and I would just keep texting him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. It's just like, you know, like the whole uh, red feature? Yeah on iMessages. He, yeah. like, he left me on red. Bro. Like and then you just see it and it's like, <sighs> wow, what am I what am I supposed to do? Yeah, it's disheartening. And then it's like the Lord just kept saying, keep doing it. And so in July, he texted me and reached out to me. And um this is like the span of like year, like a year, a year and a half that I've I've been doing this. And um anyways, Hayden uh is now going to church. Um come on. And he is now um, pursuing the Lord, and his relationship with his girlfriend. Um, I still uh, text him and reach out to him. But uh, to think, to think, if I was so selfish, to get angry at those guys, that um, Hayden probably wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been the vessel for Hayden to yeah. come to the Lord. And yeah. I want to have that friendship back.
2: That's the thing, like. That's funny because you brought it and it's like actually happening exactly where I was going to take that. And it's so cool to see that like the Lord's already working through you in that way that because your friends, you know, whether you want to call them ex-friends or whatever, because like they know you're a Christian, like that one day, whether it's this year, whether it's five years from now, 10 years from now, they'll remember Hunter was a Christian. Mm -hmm. I want to reach back out to Hunter. I I heard this thing, you know, somebody told me this. I want to ask Hunter about this. I know he's a Christian. I know he's a pastor. I want to see what he'll say, you know, and and that connection that you made, even if it resulted in what feels like a fractured relationship now, one day could lead to reconciliation for them. And that is like, that's a truth that can, you know, help to kind of ease that anger a little bit that like, okay, like Mm -hmm. this is God's timeline. I'm, I'm going to let God do his thing here. Um, and in a way that's, that's self-sacrificial as well. Being willing to, you know, being a servant, being willing to like lay down, put these relationships at the feet of the cross and say, Jesus, do with these what you will. Um, I think in a way, it's like I said, it's just cool that that's already happening. And um, I pray that, you know, the rest of those friends, whether they do so through, what was his name? So it was Hayden whether they do yeah. whether they come to Hayden as a result of that or like back to you like you know that's a blessing it's so cool. You
3: know it's really weird. So um his stepmom is now supporting our podcast and oh. paying like she's like she sponsor? Yes, she's Man. sponsoring our podcast. We need a sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just so crazy to see that whole loop around. I was just texting her actually just about this itself that like we're going to have this opportunity. And then I've just like been praying for her and like, we're really thankful for her. And it's just, it's crazy the way that God works. And he's like, like you said, he flips roles constantly, but I don't know. It's just been a really amazing journey, but it's definitely been difficult for me, but to have a friend like Micah and to have, Uh, JC is just walking me through life. Yeah. So good.
1: So, uh, the next question we have for you guys is you're not that far removed from high school (laughs) and everything. So this is actually really cool. Um, what would be everything you've experienced so far? What would be your piece of advice? Um, if you could go back in time to when you guys were first wrestling, with these calls in the ministry and all those things and navigating just deep relationship with Christ, what would be your biggest advice to your
0: high school self? I think for myself in like times of doubt, uh, there's at the exit for talked talk, like spoke oh, about this course Yeah. So in times of doubt, uh, to lean into God, So if you're, like, doubting what your call is, as long as you're leaning into God and your desire is to do God's will, whether you don't, like, sometimes you're just not going to know exactly where where you're supposed to be at the moment. But i found, like, if you just lean into God and look at Scripture and trust what He says, then His plan will prevail,
3: Mm -hmm. you
0: know? Um, I I, I wish I could tell you, like, exactly what He says. But if something, like, Doubt isn't meant to be like doubt doesn't like have to be bad. Generally, mm-hmm. like doubt can be really good. You could come out of doubt much stronger than you were when you went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you're leaning into God in that time. And I've seen that a lot in myself. Uh, honestly, even doubting if I was supposed to be here, I will at, at yeah. the beginning of the year. But I, I said to God, I said, if you don't want me here, make that clear to me. And now I'm at a place where I have peace. Like I'm here. Mm-hmm. I know God wants me to be here now uh, because I leaned into him that time of doubt.
2: That's
0: mm-hmm. like, that reminds me what, of what Grant said. Um,
2: asking those hard questions and like those things that might make you doubt a little bit, but like that just leads you to a greater picture of the truth. Yeah. You know, it's so like, ask, ask your pastor hard questions. Yep. You need to. It's good. It's what gets you from spiritual milk to spiritual meat the maturity.
1: <laughs> what about you, Hunter?
3: I think the Lord is really laying it on my heart to tell you just a little bit about what I've been through this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie's always said it, the difference between, uh, it's like information and understanding is suffering. Yeah. And, um, I've definitely faced a lot this year, but like I said, there's someone else in the fire with me. Um, I remember there was a moment in January just sitting at Joshua Cup with Micah. So two, two teens had passed away in a car accident in January. It was on a Friday. Me and Micah just woke up. We met at Joshua Cup, and then we just blankly stared at each other. Like, what just happened in our county? Mm-hmm. Everybody's hurting. Why is God doing this? Like, what happened? And it was like this moment where it was like, God was, like, right there with us, and, like, he was so distraught with us. He was crying with us, and he was right there. Mm -hmm. And then I remember going into uh, March. It was March 8th. um, My grandpa, I call him Pops, he passed away, and I was asked to speak at his funeral. Like, I'm the only, like, Christian figure in the family, and I was asked to speak at the funeral. And like, what do you say? What do you say at your grandpa's funeral? Um, I was, can't really remember the verse, but I always share it with Micah. I think it's like Proverbs 24, 20 or something like that. The Lord, he, uh, he directs your steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? Anyways, though, but I lost, uh, I lost my grandpa and I lost um, my other grandpa in July. Mm. But on, on that Friday in July, uh, it was at CIY. I'm like, Micah, do you want to go to CIY with me this year? Like, I've never been. And I want to take you. So Micah did. He went with me. And it was, like, one of the best weeks of my life. I think Christian camps are just amazing. Bro, Christian or church camp, that was, like, the highlight of my summer
2: every single year.
3: Yeah. Every year. Anyways, uh, so it was a Friday. And like, they do that altar call at CIY. It's like, do you want to do you want to give your life to full time ministry, or do you want to in whatever career that you're going to be in? Do you want to serve Christ in whatever you're doing yeah. for the rest of your life? And there was two calls, and it was just like that whole week. I was I was wrestling with it, and I finally I stood up. I stood up with Micah. And then my youth pastor prayed for both of us, and it was just so weird because we sang the song uh, "You Are My Champion," and realizing that like my grandpa, my uh, my second grandpa that I lost this year, had passed away, but still being able to praise God in the moments of suffering has brought so much growth to my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know; it just all ties back around to. There's another in the fire.
2: Yeah. Amen. Well, before we close out here, um, we just want to ask, how can we be praying for you two in this current season? Griffin. Did I skip something else again? Affirmation. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Before we get to that. (laughs) This is why
1: Dan's here. (laughs) This is why why it's good to have a duo. Oh, yeah. It is, you know. (laughs) That is. So, before we get I, into the prayer request, I'm t- he's on. The, but the thing is, you're on the spiritual thing. I though. know. I've <laughs> got
2: an. I've got an idea. Yeah. How about instead of us affirming you, we want you two to affirm each other ah,
1: as we
3: close here. Right? Yes.
1: Here we go. Who's gonna go
0: first? That's me. You got it.
3: Got okay, it. Um, Micah. I've always said this semester that um, you can really um, be logical with me. And really uh, think things out. You're an amazing listener to me. And I think it's cool the way that the Lord works through you. And being able to um, uh, understand a situation and walk into it. Just like, man, just like you, bro. Like, Dan, um, when I talked to you the other day. And I was like, Dan, I see your dad. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I see the same thing with uh, Micah. And him being able to walk into a situation and just... Have that peace. Mm. Cause you can definitely tell. Come um, on. You can definitely tell the Prince of Peace is in this guy. Come on. Appreciate mm. it. it. Sweet.
0: Um, Hunter. <laughs> your passion for God and for people and your servant's heart is awesome and never change anything about how you're living for the Lord. No matter what. You Devil tries to tell you, but you gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I'm serious. Whatever lies you're hearing, just know that what God's doing in you and your passion, man. I don't know. I knock on wood, but you know when I think of people like, uh, just two blank. Oh, Billy Graham. You know. Oh yeah. When I think of people like that, I look at Hunter. and I'm like, man. This guy isn't gonna be a Billy Graham. I mean, he He's insane. You're insane, man. Your your passion for the Lord is awesome. I tell you every time (laughs)
3: it's not me, Micah. Uh, (laughs) It's Christ (laughs) in me.
0: It is, but it's mm -hmm. I mean it's beautiful. Thanks. He's beautiful.
3: (laughs) Amen. Amen. You know, I just
1: wanted to say (laughs) Griffith. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And just to like say to you guys, man, I have had pastors that have looked at me and said that they don't have what you guys have. That there is this, a brotherhood that is so deep that they could walk with somebody. That sometimes ministry can be lonely and they don't have a lot of friends. Um, And one of their biggest desires is to have true community or a deep friendship like that with somebody else. And my biggest affirmation to you guys is that you have that and keep that. Do everything in your power to keep what you guys have. Because a lot of pastors that fall into moral failures, a lot of pastors that fall into whatever he or she is caught up in is because they stopped having accountability. They stopped having those people to call them out, those people to encourage them, those people to love them. And I will tell you this, is that even as you leave IWU, no matter where your guy's path goes, remember these moments like this. Remember these words that you just told each other. Remember that vulnerability because to have that, to really sit with that is so critically important. And I just say it again, do everything in your power to keep this. And um, ultimately, because like my relationships with Grant, my relationship with Griffin and shout out to my boy Garrett, um, who's at North Carolina right now. uh, And shout out to my boy, David. I have all these guys that like I plan on, like I'm keeping in contact with them because that's how important it is to me because yeah, we're brothers and for all the girls out there, you have sisters and guess what? For brothers, we are meant to be like brothers to our sisters and sisters to our brothers That is how we keep that. And I just affirm that in you guys. And yeah, thanks for being the example that you are. And Christ is doing that in you. You're right. Recognizing that Christ is using your guys' friendship to be an example. So that's
2: beautiful. Amen. (laughs) I don't, you know, just from sitting here with you guys now, um, I can tell you both have like a passion, even as both being relatively new Christians, like, uh, it's it's gonna be, you know, exciting to listen in on the pod on the uh, redemption podcast here through you know, throughout your careers here's at Iwo and see what God's doing for you, see what God's doing, you know, through you, um, in you. And I'm excited to see that. But let's get let's get coffee sometime so I can actually yeah. get to know you outside of the podcast. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Taking the pen back out again. Taking the pen back out. How can we be praying for you in this current season that you guys are in?
0: Um for me, I think it goes right back to the beginning, like just continual patience and trust in God that at some point he'll put like a passion in me for uh, you know, getting involved. Yeah. But just like patience and contentment in the time being.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: Um I I read I watched a sermon uh a few days ago. Um it was a sermon that was spoke at CIY, the camp that we went to, Mm -hmm. but it's this idea that, um, we're all thirsty for something. Like it's like the woman at the well and she was desiring something, but I'm really learning just to, um, seek God to know him, not seeking him to, um, preach a sermon, Mm -hmm. not reading the word, just to preach a sermon, not reading the word, just to do my homework assignment. Mm -hmm. But, Seeking him to know him, and then applying that to my life. I just, I need to listen more. Mm-hmm. I need to be slow to speak. Um, but it's a struggle for me. But I'm definitely growing in that area. And honestly, um, John fifteen five. I just can't do anything apart from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. So I can,
2: I could pray for Micah if you want to pray for Hunter. Yes. Sounds good. All right. Father God, thank you for this time you've given us to uh, come together, um, to spend this time recording this podcast, um, to grow in you with each other and to share in the spirit together here today for this past hour. I pray for Micah now that um, you'd grow a spirit of contentment in him uh, with where he is currently that um, you would conform him deeper and deeper into the image of Christ so that he would be content with the timeline that you have set on him um, and that he'd have the drive and the motivation to, uh, you know, work hard in his studies, but that your word would be so alive to him that um, it wouldn't grow like a textbook, um, that these spiritual discipline, the spiritual disciplines wouldn't grow stale, um, w- you know, that they'd remain alive, that they would remain the places where he meets the living God. And that through that time he spends with you, God, that you'd point to him in the direction one day of of a passion, of a way to serve you and to serve your church that fits with his giftings, um, with what he loves, with what he wants to do in his ministry. I pray above all else, God, that he continues to remain in you and you in him. I pray this in Jesus' name.
1: Lord, I just pray for Hunter God. This is your son, somebody that you are using. And Lord, I just thank you for the testimony that he has. I thank you for all the times that you have just showed him your faithfulness. And I pray going forward that sometimes, Lord, the fire, the flame, at times it can burn us, at times it can hurt us, at times it it feels like we can't even open our eyes. But Lord, may he know that you are always there with him through it all to heal, to nurture, to, to love, to refine. And that as he goes forward, into this year, that, Lord, that he remains to sit there and he remains to love his brothers and sisters well. That, God, that he does not forget the words of John 15, 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. That, God, that he would give everything to see his friends come to the Lord, everything to see his neighbor know you, and that he loves those like Micah and his other friends around him. And my prayer is this, that he would know how deep, how wide, how great the love of Christ is. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Woo! goodness. By the way, everybody, um, below this podcast, we are going to put their link for the redemption podcast. So please go and listen. Um, as you, you guys have just given a taste of their relationship, but honestly, there's so many good things that they are doing right now on that podcast. And I definitely
2: recommend giving it a listen. It's called in the show notes, Dan. Learn the lingo. Okay. Here we <laughs> go. Learn the ling- Don't lingo. Don't have our tech guy with us. Yeah, the tech guy. Yeah, he's more than a tech he's guy. He's more oh, than I'm a tech guy. guy. Was that episode oh, one?
1: Episode one. <laughs> Man. Is, what what uh, is this? 12? 12. Yeah. Dang. Crazy.
2: Hey, 12 disciples.
3: Amen. So we got to stop the podcast now. Nice.
2: <laughs> no, we can. We got to cut. We have to delete one and then we can add one more. Yeah. That's just how it works. Which one gets cut? I. Well, we can't we say that. We should say that. It's okay. <laughs> or, you,
0: or you could get to 33. That was how old Jesus was, right? When uh, he yeah. yeah. Or 70, mm. 72.
1: Or until Jesus just comes back. Or until Jesus yeah. comes back. <laughs> if <laughs> this who podcast does? goes that long, <laughs> that'd be crazy. Well, who knows how long that'll be. Get some people to carry it on after you guys.
2: After we're old and dead
1: you saying I'm going to die, Griffin? (laughs) No, I'm saying saying, the Lord (laughs) could
2: return at any time like a thief in the night, Dan. We just have to be ready.
3: Oh, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, live with urgency.
2: (sighs) 12 is the number of perfection, you know.
3: Well, on that note,
2: (laughs) send us out, Griff. Any music that you heard on the podcast today was played by the band Caledonia. Um, You can find them at Official Caledonia on Instagram and a link to their band camp will be in the show notes down below. Um, And we want to thank the School of Theology and Ministry here at Indiana Wesleyan um, for sponsoring this podcast. We're currently recording in the pastoral counseling suite. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of a change up. But we want to thank them. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to do this and put this out as a ministry resource um, for all of you guys. And lastly, we just want to thank all our listeners um, for supporting us, for continually tuning in and making us a top 50% in the world. (laughs) That is, hey.
1: Soon and very soon About 25 Maybe Maybe Goodness Well Thank you guys Again For joining us And thank you for everybody listening We will see you all Next week Bye